0: Two men in body armor claiming to be HPD kicked in a family's front door during a deadly home invasion.
1: ...are investigating a scary home invasion after suspects in body armor kicked down the door to a home and came in shooting. One of them was killed and the other may have been shot as well before getting away. This happened on Windmore Drive near Fry and Morton Roads. That's where we find our Michelle Choi, who explains who the suspects impersonated moments before barging in. Yeah, not only were these suspects wearing body armor, but investigators tell us they pretended to be police officers before kicking in the front door, yelling HPD twice with guns drawn. The terrifying ordeal all went down inside this one-story home here on Winmore Drive. Harris County Sheriff's Office responded to the home invasion just before 1130 last night. Inside, we're told at the time, was the homeowner and her two adult sons. When deputies arrived, they found one man dead near the entryway. Investigators say after barging in, one of the two suspects immediately began shooting after encountering one of the sons, but missed and accidentally hit the other suspect instead. That suspect then dropped his gun, and the homeowner's son picked up the weapon and turned it on the initial shooter, killing him. The other injured suspect, they say, managed to get away and took off in a dark-colored car with one or possibly two other suspects. Fortunately, all three victims were not hurt. Investigators telling us this morning they don't believe this was a random attack.
2: We do not believe that there's anything external involved. We believe that this house was particularly targeted. Uh, the motive at this point is unknown and is still on the investigation.
1: Investigators worked the scene for nearly 11 hours where we saw at least two dozen evidence bags being carried out of the home. Neighbors we talked to didn't want to go on camera but shared the family of three moved in about six months ago and are renting the place. And while they never saw anything overly suspicious, they say they would see a lot of cars and people going in and out of the house. They're now hopeful the suspects who got away are caught soon. Yeah, meanwhile, investigators were out here canvassing this neighborhood looking for surveillance videos. They're asking anyone with information to call the sheriff's office. Back to you.
0: I'm your host, Jerry Adams. You are listening to Midnight Radio. Glad to have you here today. Here's some of the stories we're going to go over today. A Playboy model kills her sugar daddy boyfriend. Woman kills her sister and the unborn child. Police say it's sibling rivalry. Netflix has a documentary coming on it called, well actually it's a movie, called The Good Nurse. She talks her co-worker into turning himself in when she finds out he's a serial killer. We have Peter Petterfile. Pedophile Peter getting caught in the Philippines. We have the man we did a story on earlier, I believe about a month ago. His name is Jeremy Polly. He got caught selling body parts online. We've investigated deeper into that. I got some new information for you on that. I'm going to talk a little bit about the homicide archivist. So about the story we just covered. Let me recap that for you. Two men in body armor claiming to be HPD kicked in family's front door during a deadly home invasion. Let me get this straight. So one of the men opened fire on the sun. And the sheriff said that that man inadvertently shot his partner. His partner dropped his handgun as he was running from the home. The sheriff said the son picked up the gun and began shooting at the men as they ran away, killing one of them. The one that had been wounded escaped with a getaway car and a dark colored sedan. So the guys that act like they were police kicked in the door, started shooting automatically. One gets shot by his partner, and he drops the gun. The guy being shot at grabbed the gun and shot the other guy. So they got their asses kicked, their asses handed to him. Uh, you can send me messages if you go to noagendasocial.com and you get yourself a Mastodon account. That's where I'm at. That's where I've been at. I don't care about the crap going on with Elon Musk. I think it's funny that re- they're reporting now, oh, people are leaving because Elon Musk is being unfair. He's being too fair. That's what they're complaining about. I'm getting messages right now on my Mastodon. He's being too fair. So they're going to leave now, now that. He's trying to balance and balance things out. I don't care. I'm not doing Twitter, but I'll do Mastodon, and I find more value in it every day. And it'll probably have more and more value, even as the people who are on Twitter come up on it, because it's free. And the more people on Mastodon, which is a federated, it's a federated system, meaning somebody in their own home can have their little server running their instance of Mastodon, which isn't hard to do with online tutorials. And we can have a free a free service like this, which, I mean, is very valuable because if you follow me on there, noagendasocial.com, is free, completely free, get a free account. Then you can follow these stories as I put them up because I put them up there first and then here, and you can make comments about them there. If you'd like to call in with a comment or a question, leave up to a three-minute voicemail message. The number for that is that's 325 The email is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. We have a lot of stories you might want to comment on today. But I think it's very important to be able, these stories are important, and yes, I do realize they're dark, but these are going on. These are things I think you should know about. I think they should be reported to you and investigated more deeply, and that information should be available to you. And not blocked out. I have a story I'm going to talk about in the last of the ending of the show, which we covered a couple months ago, September, about a man, his name was Jeremy Paul. who was selling body parts online. I've been following this story. Other news cycles and places do not, but I follow these stories, especially the most interesting ones, and investigate them more deeply. And I've got a lot more information about this. I'm going to have a lot more coming up, but that's the example. That's the example of having unfiltered media, unfiltered news. And that's the value you get from this show. So I want to thank you for listening. Help me out. Share it with a friend. If you like the show, you can review this. We're on all the major podcasting apps. We're on Apple. We're on Google. We're on Android. We're on Amazon. You can use your smart speaker. Say, hello Alexa, play the latest Midnight Radio podcast. You can do that. Our website is midnightrad.io. Now let's talk about this model This accused of killing her sugar daddy. The model accused of murdering her boyfriend is expected to appear in court.
1: Some of you might remember this story. It made national headlines back in 2019. Kelsey Turner is said to have had a relationship with child psychiatrist Dr. Thomas Burchard uh, for several years before he was killed.
3: And reporter
2: Pardon? Alyssa Bethancourt right now is live outside the Regional Justice Center in downtown Las Vegas with a look at this high-profile case. Alyssa.
1: Well, Todd, police reports show that Kelsey Turner and Dr. Burchard knew each other for about two years. And during that time, he was helping pay for many of her bills. Now, things in their relationship took a turn, though, when police say he traveled here to Las Vegas in March of 2019 to tell the former playmate that he would no longer be paying for her lifestyle. While he was here, he and Turner got into an argument that escalated pretty quickly. A Turner and her then boyfriend are accused of beating the psychiatrist to death with a baseball bat and then stuffing his body into the trunk of her mercedes her car was found just a few days later on a desert road just outside of las vegas now prosecutors have previous have previously decided that they won't be seeking the death penalty for turner currently she is awaiting trial and this morning's court case is expected to start at 9 a.m for now though reporting live in downtown las vegas i'm melissa bethencourt
0: i'm gonna go over some of this written article if i can see it here no they don't have the interesting part about this is that Turner had a girlfriend who who talked to the media about this. Is She said that he was a kind-hearted individual that wasn't stingy with his money like liked to help people out. So that's what he was doing. This reported that he gave her over th- this woman, not his girlfriend. This is not really his girlfriend. This is a side thing he was doing. And And she actually had a boyfriend too. But he gave her, over the course of two or three years, $300,000. a year if it was three. And I believe it was two years. Wow. And he went there to talk to her, to tell him that he was cutting it it off, and they murdered him. She murdered him with a baseball bat, and there's witnesses to this too. They're not going to seek the death penalty. Former Playboy Playmate. Now, if you look this case up online, and by the way, every, every story that I'm going over, I'm putting a reference on the... Podcast notes page so you can watch all this so you can see the picture of what she looks like now and if you take her name and you google it her name is kelsey turner you google it you'll see all of her playmate pictures she doesn't look like that anymore even though it hasn't been that many years but when you're watching the picture of her now you can see how her top lip is swollen up and that's because of you know a collagen uh, an, an injection she's had And where it might look okay if you got lipstick and you're made up, it doesn't, it gives you the Homer Simpson look. Now I just want to say this ladies, you're beautiful. You don't have to do all these things to yourself. This is something in your mind and something that the cosmetic industry, which is a multi-billion dollar, if not trillion industry a year is selling the idea to you, but it's not true. You're beautiful and men love you. You don't have to do, do this to yourself. This next story, a woman is accused of killing her sister and newborn over sibling rivalry, her own sister. Last night, Yadeli Soloria Rivera, 12-5-99, sister of the victim, and Martin Arroyo Morales, 7-30-96, a validated gang member and boyfriend of the female suspect were both arrested For
1: two counts of premeditated murder. In the last few days, they were detained,
0: they were interviewed by homicide detectives, and at which time they confessed the crime and led detectives to the whereabouts of the murder weapon. This was an intricate and well-planned murder, but despite that, my team, with the help of those Figure out this crime. So, so they had planned this murder. This is something you're not getting completely from this, these news articles. This this was uh, a press release from the sheriff. One, this was gang related. Maybe it wasn't hit out from the gang, but the the people that committed this murder, and it was the sister. Of the woman murdered and her boyfriend who committed this murder they were definitely in a gang and they killed the 18 year old sister and 3 week old daughter this is something that's going to haunt her for the rest of her life she was 2 years old I mean, 22 years old, the murderer, and her boyfriend is 26. This is so shocking. And they have a picture of this going around online. So if you Google, let's say, women kill sister and child... Um, Jealousy You'll get this story And the picture shown is showing It's not of the murderer, murderer. It's showing the picture of the woman that was murdered The 18 year old Horrible She was asleep in her bed With her baby in her arms When she was murdered She was shot in the head Three weeks old Baby murdered This is horrific be a link to this article in the show notes these stories these things that happen are getting worse and worse and they're going to continue to get worse i've, I've I bring you about uh, I do talk about I do update you on cases but these stories are new every day that you're getting from me and it's like a it's like a bucket that never empties isn't it these people that are committing these murders these atrocities and there's one that a woman they cut the baby out of another woman's stomach yesterday that we went over. So if you haven't listened to that one, it's only uh, 20 minutes. Go ahead and listen to that, to yesterday's. She was sentenced to the death penalty. All these people that are committing these murders, did they think they would not get caught? And did they think that this murder, murdering her sister, the if we go by what the police say, and the police say it was jealousy, and we... We take that as as the truth. Is murdering her sister and the baby going to give her eternal happiness, or eternal destruction? And I don't mean in the afterlife. I'm talking about the one right here. Is she doing that one thing? Because it's such a drastic thing, isn't it? It's such a drastic thing. Probably a lot harder than going to college or or getting in shape or saving for a car. Murdering your sister and the baby did. There's no thoughts about this, how much drugs were related. Or maybe it's just, you know, there's some people that murder other people. Let's see, do I have any of the stories here? No, not today. But they murder somebody because they can't believe that they were insulted. Oh, you're not going to insult me like that. I have my limits. My limits are not to be insulted. Just let yourself be insulted. Murder destroys a person that you murder in yourself too but yourself a lot more speaking about murder. How about a, a serial murder? There's a nurse. There's a, a movie coming up on Netflix. I'll probably just go ahead and recommend it. Cause I'm going to watch it called the good nurse.
1: He may have been one of the most prolific serial killers in history, and he might still be taking lives if not for the work of his colleague, a nurse who worked with cops to bring the killer to justice.
2: She spoke with Jim Murray. She's the brave nurse who stopped the maniac who may have been America's most prolific serial killer. He murdered people right in front of me. Amy Loughran worked alongside Charles Cullen for a year and a half at a hospital in New Jersey. They became close friends. She never suspected anything until police confidentially showed her evidence that he was injecting patients with lethal doses of drugs.
1: The medications he used were brutal medications, medications, for instance, that are paralytics, that you cannot speak, you cannot breathe, you cannot fight back, you cannot blink. You can hear everything that's happening.
2: Investigators Um, asked Amy to use her friendship with Cullen to get him to confess. Did you actually wear a wire to help get him to confess? I did. They suspected Cullen's murderous crime spree had begun in the late 1980s. Now Netflix has turned Nurse Amy's story into a movie, The Good Nurse. Jessica Chastain plays Amy. Eddie Redmayne plays the serial killer. It shows how she persuaded Cullen into admitting his monstrous crimes.
3: What do you need me to do? Tell the truth.
2: Charles Cullen pleaded guilty to murdering 29 people. How many people... Do you suspect he actually murdered?
1: It's well into the hundreds of how many people he not only tried to kill, but probably did murder around 400.
2: So how did this monster evade justice for so long? Amy Lochran says Colin moved from hospital to hospital, maintaining his cover as a caring nurse. She says hospital administrators suspected he was doing terrible things, but they turned a blind eye.
1: My hospital was responsible for allowing Charles Cohen to work after they knew unequivocally that he was murdering people. The movie, The Good Nurse, and a documentary about the case called Capturing the Killer Nurse are both streaming on Netflix.
0: Serial killers all over the place. The Good Nurse. I recommend, I recommend watching this. The story is from Inside Edition. There's going to be a link to all of these all these stories we're going over in the show notes. Again, I'd like to encourage you to call us, 325-261-0892, 325-261-0892. This next story is a little bit harder, I'm going to tell you. So this guy... Serial killers working inside the hospitals nurses injecting patients it's easy to kill somebody in a hospital yesterday, we went over a story about a woman or recently I should say she was a nurse that she amputated a patient's foot this was this happened in a a nursing home facility. He was on hospice and she so she amputated his foot and was going to taxidermy. And I thought at first, when I I read the article and she made the offhand comment to the other nurse, I thought what she was going to do is, I thought she was making a joke, but I read into it more and I got, I got the story from a different source and no, she told the other nurse to grab the foot for her. She was going to take it and she was going to have it taxidermied, which Talking about dead human body parts, that really gets me in the chest. You know what I mean? I'm like, uh, uh I'm a little freaked out by it. She was going to do this. So I think if you look into nursing homes, I mean, I guess you could look at Mayor, uh, Governor Cuomo, and all the people that he killed in the nursing homes with the COVID and then lied about it. He's a serial murderer, right? He made that decision on purpose and then lied about the results, and that's why he got removed. Well, and then there was the whole, that's not really why he got removed. Is because the women were complaining that he made sexual advances at him, right? What I'm talking about is murderers in plain sight. And then there's these companies, like the government in, in, in the case of Cuomo, they have to cover this stuff up because they're implicated in it. They'll get in trouble. And that's what this hospital was doing. We're talking about murdering hidden in plain sight. Now, I, I normally don't talk about pedos on here, but I am this time because of this shocking, shocking story. And as I was looking into it, I think that there's more here. Let me go ahead and go over the story, and we'll talk about it on the flip side. The headline is Pedophile Serving Life Gets Another 129 Years for Filming His Depraved Child Rapes. A notorious pedophile already serving life in prison. He's been sentenced for another 129 years. He's an Australian. His name is Peter Gerard Scully, 59. He was sentenced this month alongside his Filipina girlfriend. Her name is Lovely Margallo, who got 126 years. Two other helped him, and they got nine years each. One is a taxicab driver. I'm not sure about the other one. The victims include. An 18-month-old baby, as well as a girl whose body was found buried underneath the floor of Scully's house. Two of his victims' cousins, ages 10 and 11, previously told the Sydney Morning Herald how they were chained up for five days and forced to dig their own graves while being repeatedly raped on camera. They eventually escaped, leading to Scully's arrest in 2015 and the unraveling of his despicable crimes, including the buried body of the girl, appeared to have been raped and strangled his videos which were reportedly sold to creeps in germany brazil and the u.s show scully and his girlfriend inflicting extreme kinds of abuse they were very graphic they were very brutal anti-human trafficking agent had earlier said that the vid showed some sort of systematic torture of children until death Scully faced so many charges that they were split into two batches. He was sentenced to life in prison for the first set in 2018. And he was laughing and joking in the court. And another former girlfriend, Carmine Alvarez, also got life for the initial crimes. Scully was then sentenced to the extra 129 years on November 3rd after he reached a plea deal on the latest 60 charges, which included trafficking, Child pornography, child abuse, and rape. None of the charges appear to be directly for killing the abused girl whose body was found under his home. So they let him off on that one, but it didn't matter. He's got life in a tough prison. The prosecutor said victims and their families deem the deal a sweet victory. They all want to put closure to this dark phase of their lives and move on. Now, two locals, including a taxi driver, accused of trafficking girls for Scully, got nine-year sentences. They pleaded guilty to the charges so they could be given shorter sentences. Horrible. Shocking. Now, this is an Australian man. 59 years old, so apparently he retires. He decides to to spend his golden years raping people in a third world country. And he was making money by selling these videos to people in the United States of him raping these children. He sold videos to Germany, Brazil, and U.S., and these are, are rape and death of children. I'm I'm shocked frozen about all this. Shock frozen you know what I'm gonna have to start putting an explicit label on my podcast now which I never really wanted to do. I guess I'll maybe I can just do it for these few episodes. Now the question about this is this how many how many times has this happened? How many people from the United States, how many people from Germany, how many people from maybe even France, how many of these men, and I know a woman, I don't see a woman ever being able to do this, although women do just about as horrible things, but I can't see a woman going to a third world country herself raping children and murdering them and selling the videos. Or maybe that's something that we're going to get in the future. How many of these men are doing that Some kind of sex. I don't know. It's not a sex vacation, a sex retirement, where they go in and have sex with prostitutes and rape children in in foreign countries. I bet this is an epidemic. And the reason that I came to this conclusion, this particular article became of interest to me, is not because of the pedophilia involved, but the thought of doing this crime outside of the the mainstream. You know, this is very entrepreneurial, isn't it? I mean, beyond the the disgusting horror story of the crimes that this man committed, he takes off there by himself, he gets a bunch of workers, basically, and he's making profit from what he's doing from the sex vacation, these crimes that he's doing. But he's doing this under the radar, and he did it under the radar for a long time. He... I was looking at an article that I'm going to go over about a homicide archivist. It's part of the murder accountability project that I'm very interested in. And this man had started doing a database of the murders in the U S and the crimes. And we're going to go into some specifics a little bit about it in a minute, but he was getting more accurate numbers than the FBI is. But I'm thinking for these pedophilia guys, it, so they, they were saying that serial killers are at 1% in the USA, but he's saying it's got to be a whole lot more, maybe up to 11% by the numbers that he's looking at because of the crimes that are similar where they're at. And he was saying that even in the modern day where there's cameras everywhere and there's a cell phone recording your every movement, where you're going and who you're talking to and messaging to, he says still these people find a way to go under the radar and that is what he's doing to catch these people and you can even be involved in catching them part of the Murder Accountability Project. But this pedophile here, this is what they're doing. It's, it's getting worse. It's getting more intricate. They're going under the radar. People aren't talking about it. The news isn't reporting on it correctly. You don't get deep information about it. What about this man? Before he retired, I went over there to the, the Philippines. What was his life like? Was he married to a wife? I want to talk to her. Did he work at a some kind of facility for 20 or 30 years before he retired, I want to talk to them. I want to know where it was. I want to know his police record before he left. These are the things I want to know. We want to know how to protect ourselves from these crimes. That's what we want to know. All of these crimes that I'm saying, and even the ones I went over tonight, they all have, there's more, there is more data in this than just, This person killing this person, they died here, and this is a method, motive, and uh, modus operandi they used. There's more information than that. I want to know about their social lives. Because you know what? When I investigate these stories, you know what I find out every time? I find certain similarities. You know, I find drugs, I find alcohol, I find babies children and i mean just about all of these and i find the father wasn't there now the babies and the drugs and the alcohol those weave in and out but form patterns but the father not being there is the main one every time or having a bad father this man this pedophile he's definitely in the category of a bad father so this is another story that has a bad father in it but i mean specifically if you look at the the model accused of murdering the seven year old man. I bet if I go back into her history, guess what I'm gonna find? Father issues. Father left at an early age. She had a boyfriend, she wasn't married. When a woman accused of killing her sister of killing her sister and the child because she was jealous. Guess what? Where's father? a good nurse who worked beside a serial killer let's look into his history you're going to find the father now this isn't in every case there's well 0.5 Jeffrey Dahmer's father was there that's an example so there is that so I'm going to tell you a little bit this is a story that we had already covered and I was going to do an update on it because I want to know where this man was today. After he got arrested, he was going to have a hearing. And I was looking at the information on the hearing, which I couldn't find. So I guess they haven't had the hearing yet. But then I looked at this man more intricately. So I'm going to do a whole episode just on this man. Let me tell you which man I'm talking about and uh, what the story was back in September. September is scheduled for today for a Cumberland County man accused of buying human body parts online. Jeremy Pauly was arrested last month after police said they got a tip that he bought buckets of human remains and had them stored in the basement of his home on North Enola Drive in Enola. Officers say they later learned that he'd been using Facebook Messenger to buy the body parts from a woman in Arkansas. Polly was taken into custody and later released on bail. He faces a number of charges, including including abuse of corpse and receiving stolen property. So I investigated this man deeply, a lot more deeply than any of these news agencies did. And I found out that selling body parts, he had a store on Facebook where he did this. This is something that he did. He was some kind of, or he is rather some kind of collector. He even runs a museum that has body parts in it when i say body parts i mean bones you don't have de- decomposing bodies so i was wondering his side of the story and he like i said he runs a museum and almost a sideshow of this stuff and he is uh he is known for painting pictures in blood we're going to get into all this but not today but you're going to want to see it you're going to want to see it and then his his, his wife Sarah Pauly, she's a model and trained to be a mortician. And that's where this man got these parts from for someone who was in mortician school at a university, the parts that he was selling. Did he know that? Did he know that they were illegal? We don't know. Again, this is something that he does. Now, whether he's a Satanist or not, we don't know. But they sure made this look like this was some... uh, satanist lunatic and there's more to it than that i'm not saying he's not a satanist but we'll have to talk to him and find out about this right so there are some interviews that have been done with him way before this and uh well, we're gonna go over this we'll go over this in a different episode maybe tomorrow's episode no because i want to try to Actually, I think I can get an interview with this man. All right. So, first of all, to let you know, people, to let you know more about what's legal and what's not legal about owning human body parts, because you can do that. And this man, this is something that he was doing online on Facebook. He wasn't hiding it, it wasn't just a thing that they caught. I mean, they did catch the message between him and that person, but he was doing it openly there on Facebook. He had a he had a Facebook page of it, and and they allow stuff like that. Facebook allows Facebook. Before I go into this, I'm not getting political, but do you see all these companies that are cutting workers? These tech companies, Facebook, Twitter, it's going to be YouTube too. YouTube, you know, YouTube is making big changes. They know, they know there's about to be a major shakeup people. That's why I have already built in in. Actually, I say I when it's really we, we have built in infrastructure so we can't get pulled down. Midnightrad.io. We're streaming live there right now. We have it set up to stream live video. We just need to do some tweaks and we'll do that in the next couple days. So. Whatever happens at YouTube doesn't matter to us. What matters to us is you. So I'm going to play this part for you to let you know what someone can and cannot do as far as selling body parts. And the man that's talking, he's talking from a place, it looks like his den, in front of a fireplace. And he has a lot of, a, I don't want to say a cult, it's almost like elvira type Halloweeny type decorations with bones and stuff. So, I mean, it, it looks creepy. I even see like a little vampire or a Luciferian doll in his upper right-hand corner, okay? So I, I really recommend, I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. And this is the video that you scroll down and go to the bottom, okay? Scroll down and look at this at the bottom, this medical examiner is about to speak to you and tell you what you're allowed to do and not do with bones. He makes a comment at the end that I think he personally would know about.
3: We uh, wanted to find an expert on forensic matters, and we found him in Dolphin County corner, Graham Hetrick. He's a forensic scientist, so he knows a lot about body parts coroner Graham Hetrick is a collector of human bones. He uses it in his work as a medical legal death investigator and forensic instructor. He was shocked when he heard a man was arrested for dealing with stolen body parts. The collection or uh, or theft of body parts is uh, illegal. The coroner says it's okay to have body parts as long as the remains are legally obtained. A family could donate them to somebody for research or some other legitimate reason. They could donate a brain of the deceased if they signed a transfer and there were permissions given. But there are limitations on what you can have. You can't have decomposing bodies in your house. It's a health hazard. Petrick says there is a big market for body parts, mainly for research. But he acknowledges a growing black market for human remains. I'll I'll say it right now. There's there's a lot more. You see a lot more of the satanic uh, ritual type of thing. Now, despite this disturbing story, the Dolphin County coroner says there has been an increase in organ donations.
0: So he has all the satanic imagery behind him and he's talking about a lot of this stuff being used in satanic rituals. I thought that was something you have to see the video to completely understand. But if you look at this story and you're looking at this footage, this Jeremy Lee Pauly, who claims to be one of the world's leading experts on books bound in human skin. And you see how he looks. Because he's um, he's a body modifier. So he's modified with spikes. He's modified his teeth. He's modified his skin with tattoos, head to toe. He's been working on this for a while. So if you look at him, and also his wife. His wife is modified with tattoos. Very Adams family-ish, I should say. So... And they mentioned satanic. It makes you think satanic. It might not be, though. It might just be some other form of goth. I don't know. I'm going to try to book an interview with this man because I want to know his side of the story because there's obviously a his side of the story because he's dealing. he was dealing in these kind of things. So I want to know if it's a lifestyle or what. But I'm going to try to interview him here because his, his story is definitely not getting out, and I noticed that... His social accounts, so he, he's continued with his businesses as far as being a kind of a coordinator for a sideshow that he runs in the Gettysburg area, which I hear is one of the most haunted areas in America. So he's continued, he's continued to do that and to work with vendors there because some of these things they sell. And I'm sure he sells his blood paintings. I'm going to show this to you. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a proper show on this. Probably have a live audience. If you want to join in that, you keep tuning in here, and I'll let you know. I'll let you know when we do that, so you can join us live. I'm trying to get this, this interview with him because I, I really want to know his side of the story. I'm not going to try to come after him or yell at him or anything like that because. It, You know, I just want to know his, I just want to know more about him and about this. Inquiring minds want to know. So again, we follow up here. We go deeper at midnight radio, maybe deeper than you want to go. Sometimes I know deeper than I want to go. So a little bit about Thomas Hargrove and why I care. Serial killers are fairly rare. The FBI estimates serial killers are responsible for less than 1% of the murders committed in any given year in the U S but this statistic is not without controversy. And there are some who believe that the Bureau is off the mark. Thomas Hargrove founder of the nonprofit murder accountability project first started gathering data on unsolved murders in 2010. Since then he's gathered more than 75,000 records on murders dating back to 1976. Now the way he's done this is he's used the Freedom of Information Act to get the statistics from the major agencies that have statistics on murders, and he's taken two or three different ones, and he's combined them using some kind of RSS into a database. I'm going to put a link to that so you can actually look at this and look at this database. And the story of this man is very interesting because he's actually helped to catch serial killers with this. And I don't mean just because he produced the data, but because he had the data and he was working in conjunction with the authorities to catch a serial killer. So Thomas, more about Thomas K. Hargrove. He's a retired Washington, D.C.-based investigative journalist and former White House correspondent. He founded the nonprofit Murder Accountability Project in 2015 to track unsolved homicides nationwide. While working as a national correspondent for the Scripps Howard News Service, Hargrove developed an algorithm that that uses FBI homicide data to identify clusters of murderers with an elevated probability of containing serial killings. Authorities in Youngstown, Ohio and Gary, Indiana, opened new homicide investigations in 2010. This is when he first came out with this database. As a result of Hargrove's findings, the algorithm's identification of 15 unsolved strangulations in Gary was collaborated in 2014 with the arrest of Darren Dion Van, who confessed to killing women for decades and then took police to abandoned properties in Gary where the bodies of six previously unknown strangulation victims were recovered. Working with fellow board member Professor David J. Icove of the University of Tennessee, Hargrove developed another algorithm that can review the National Fire Incident Reporting System to identify undetected or unreported arsons. Working with Professor Stimple III of Ohio University, Hargrove co-founded the Scripps Survey Research Center and co-edited a two-volume encyclopedia. And this is interesting. The encyclopedia is the 21st century voter who votes, how they vote, and why they vote. Again, the 21st century voter who votes, how they vote, and why they vote. Why, do you know why this is interesting? Because this information can control politics. So basically what he's doing, for those that aren't initiated, the, the building block of what he's doing is, is it's like forensic accounting. Like if you're trying to find, I don't know, let's say where the money to start Apple really came from and to find out that it was really drug, he was really, what Steve Jobs did really is he, he was washing drug money? Then use forensic accounting. Or you try to find out where, how the mafia connects, then use a forensic accountant. This is forensic accounting. So he's taking, instead of money, we have murders, Right, And we have the way people were murdered. And we're putting that into a a more database, kind of like what I was telling you earlier. If we know the social aspect of all these murderers, which these people aren't doing, this is on a different level. They stop right there. But if you actually get the social aspect, you can see what the commonalities of the people, the psychology behind and the social aspects behind these murderers. It's forensic. It gets down to the minutia, the the micro level, and you you can understand and predict the outcomes better. But the twenty first century voter who votes how they vote. So that's using the forensic accounting idea, the forensic accounting framework, the forensic accounting ideology, and put it in the voter, which would empower who the news agencies. I don't know, like CNN, Fox News, NPR every place you're listening to, to get your main news when you turn on your radio. Because the government is a major employer, and I'm not just talking about federal, I'm not just talking about state government, but state government, federal government, the money that Nancy Pelosi and her husband, or all the other senators and their husbands and wives, they invest in, this all has to do with the voters. Who votes, how they vote, and why I Let you know how you can influence that vote. How's a news agency? You can draw in revenue from what you talk about, who you talk about, because you're supporting the people who are invested in the pharmaceuticals who are paying you money, who are invested in the campaigns and the campaign cycles. You're saying what they want you to say. You're making money in revenue. This is forensic at its best level. This is why a man like this would make a, a book like the 21st Century Voter. Who votes, how they vote, why they vote. And guess what? If you know who votes, how they vote, why they vote, you know what issues they want to hear out of your mouth. You know everything because you know where they live because you have to register to vote. I mean there's just so much implied in this. So I'm gonna do a a show separately about this man and about the murder accountability project because this is too fascinating. I have to like halt on these last two things. I'm like, halt everybody. That's what I told you, that's what this show is about, that's who I am. My name is Jerry Adams. Among a lot of other things, I'm a writer, I'm a journalist. I work on, document. I'm a documentarian. I'm a documentary producer. So I cycle through all these stories with you till I find things that are gleaming and that are worth going deeper in. And that's what we do here on Midnight Radio. And that is absolutely what we're going to do in this case. I'm going to try to interview this man, Thomas K. Hargrove. I got his contact info, and I have a contact info of Jeremy Pauly. I'm, I'm going to... I intend to do live streams on this so you guys can enter in the conversation. You can also enter in the conversation here because I'm going to give you the phone numbers. 325-261-0892. 325-261-0892. Please join in the conversation. If you have any comments about the stories we covered or questions for me, again, that phone number is 325-261-0892. You can leave up to a three-minute voicemail message. I'll play it on the show and answer your questions or I'll direct it at someone I'm going to interview. You can email me at midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. That is midnightrad.io101 at gmail.com. You can give me some stories. Matter of fact, another place you can give me stories is on noagendasocial.com. You can join that. It's like Twitter. My name on there is at Pops. You can find me there. Look for me. I'm in in that instance of Mastodon. It's a, a thousand times better than Twitter because it's uncensored, which makes a difference, right? I mean, that's why you're getting the news you're getting here, because it's uncensored, and Midnight Radio always will be. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Thank you so very much. If you enjoyed the show... I'd like to hear from you. Or better yet, tell your friends you like it. I appreciate it. Get the word out about this show. I appreciate you guys so very much. You can check out our YouTube. We have a lot of interesting things on there. I do product reviews. One of the product reviews is this Light Phone. I'm going to tell you more about it later. But there's a review there on YouTube. It has absolutely changed my life for the better. I'm going to be back tomorrow...